Welcome to Beyond the Balance Sheet, the podcast that helps advisors, clinical professionals, and affluent families understand the complexities of issues related to our mental, physical, and emotional well-being. Our co-hosts, Arden O'Connor and Diana Clark, will interview a series of guests on a range of topics, providing informative content and practical tools for professionals and families to consider. Here are your hosts, Arden and Diana. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Balance Sheet podcast. I am today joined by a good friend, fellow classmate, and entrepreneur, Sheree Chen. Thank you, Sheree, so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Arne. I'm really excited to see you and to be here today. Well, I am going to try and relay your impressive background. Um, Sheree and I were classmates at Harvard Business School, and she's had senior roles at Apple and Amazon, um, but most recently has become the CEO of SpringSpot, which sounds like such an interesting company. And as I understand it, this came out of your own personal experience with the healthcare um, scare that I'm going to actually get it dive into in a minute. Um, but certainly it sounds like the area that you're focused on is so relevant to our viewers, which is really about how do you balance healthy lifestyle, mental health and family well-being. And so with that said, tell us a little bit about how you started the company, what was your motivation and, and what was your own personal experience in this area? Absolutely. So it's obviously a topic that's very uh, close and dear to my heart. And the way it started, my career has mostly been in the technology field. I've been a technology executive at Apple and Amazon and, you know, built and shipped lots of digital products in Silicon Valley um, on mobile devices, uh, was one of the early hires on iTunes and bringing music to digital and mobile devices. And, you know, as life would have it, um, obviously after we, um, finished graduate school, I went on and worked in high senior executive roles in technology. And as life happens, I ended up getting um, married, finding the my partner for life. And we ended up having children. And that's really when I became a parent is when I learned about the struggles of juggling my own self care and well being with those of the children that I'm caring for. And during that time, um, in between my my last company and doing my next opportunity, um, I had a health scare. And what happened was I was having excruciating leg pain up my uh, my right leg, and I couldn't explain what was happening and why it was um, happening to me. And I'd never experienced something like that. Uh, I went to see a lot of physicians to find out what was happening to my body, and the imaging wasn't actually resulting in everything that they could. Uh, find. And so ultimately, we had to go and do surgery. And in the surgery, they ultimately removed it. And I, you know, as the patient just had to wait um, on bated breath to see what they were going to find. And it was really the first time in my life where I really was scared. I didn't know what was going to happen. And thankfully, what they found was a benign growth. And it really felt like I had a second chance on life. And after that health scare, I was extremely motivated. At the time, I had two young kids, and I realized that I had to take health into my own hands. And growing up, I was a you know elite level gymnast, so I was a very serious athlete. Um, I'd been on the junior Olympic team, had very intense training as an athlete, and as I grew up, 
a lot of things changed and I wasn't taking good care of myself. I didn't have coaches. I didn't have, you know, a, a guide to help me with, with my health. And so that kind of spiraled and led me to that point. Um, but thankfully, um, it was benign. And I took that information and it was catapulted me into this new career, really. Um, I became a certified personal trainer through the American College of Sports Medicine. I became a registered yoga teacher. I became a sports and exercise nutrition coach. And it all really kind of came together because I want to empower myself to learn better about my health because I, I couldn't afford having that happen again. And so because of that experience, I realized how little I knew. And as I talked with more and more friends and colleagues that there, there weren't a lot of options for people to take care of themselves and their families. And so Spring Spot was really born out of this idea of how do you really help parents live the life they want and to really take care of their own well-being as well as their kids. And so that's really how we started with Spring Spot. And during the pandemic, we offered in-person classes. And over time, we ended up offering um, digital online classes during the pandemic. And it's transformed into this now destination hub for parents, adults, kids to basically look at everything related to their holistic health. And so obviously we talk about various different signals about, you know, digital devices are so prevalent today. And so how do we kind of juggle and be more present? Um, as a family, people are so busy in their lives uh, with work, commitments, sports, everything. It's just even gotten busier, I think, after the pandemic. And so how do you juggle that balance of making time for yourself, for your family, and all your other commitments. And so Spring Spot offers various different ways for you to look at your health holistically. I love that. Um, and I am struck by some of the comments on your website about how modern parenting is tearing families apart. It's a bold statement, but I, I don't disagree with you. And you've sort of referenced a couple of the challenges. But talk a little bit about you know why now for this type of product. I, I, I don't remember years ago this being sort of in the dialogue as we were growing up about the importance of families really thinking about family wellness. Why is it important now? What are some of the challenges that you see families facing? Sure. So a lot of families right now, I think what's the, the biggest change, I think, in, in modern parenting is just uh, digital devices and the ubiquity of digital content. Um, and then just the other main factor is um, Working parents, uh, working really long hours, um, especially you know post the pandemic, uh, the line between work and home life really got blurred, and so everything kind of came together. And so when you have your work, and then you step next door, and you have your children, who at the time didn't have class, you know, you had to be a parent, a teacher, a confidant. Um, a guide, you as a parent, you really had to take on all of those roles and responsibilities where you had help. And obviously, there's a lot of challenges around finding childcare and parents, uh, whether you're a, a parent, a guardian, a loved one that helps take care of um, children. It's really challenging right now because we have so much information at us all the time. 
Um, it's hard for you to go to a restaurant today where you don't have a television screen up showing content, um, especially for the adolescents um, who have access to mobile devices and tablets. Those have really become a part and a fabric of kids' lives. And I think parents are learning how to parent in this digital age. And so Springspot really comes at it of how to live with technology and use technology in a very productive and healthy way. And so we have um, come up with a, a framework that we call FRAMES. And FRAMES is, it's an acronym. Uh, it's easy to remember like your, your glasses or your picture frame. And each letter, F-R-A-M-E-S, stands for one of our holistic health pillars. And F stands for um, food and earth. You really are what you eat and you have to learn about the functional benefits of food and nutrition and how do you enjoy the, the earth that we live on, going outside more, really being that human that we live and enjoy the earth. R stands for rest and recovery. So learning how to rest your body and mind is truly essential to overall health. And this is one of the biggest areas that has suffered um, in this modern age. And A is art and creation. So creating and experiencing art just nurtures your creativity and your well-being, whether it's painting, dancing, music. It just gives you new ways to express, which I think has been lost um, over time. And M stands for movement and exercise. I am a true, true believer that movement is exercise. It is one thing that has been constant that has really helped me kind of regain and reclaim my health. Um, it's really about developing the mind-body connection. And then E is emotions. So how do you learn to self-regulate? How do you manage your emotions? You know, kids go through a lot of challenges in their everyday life, and so do we as adults. We have stressors happening with work, with, you know, aging parents, uh, with demands at work. So there are all types of stressors that come in, not only through work, but in the environment, the news. You know, there, there's all these things that are happening that um, impact our emotions and learning how to regulate them is really important. And then S kind of connects them all together. S stands for social connections, which is really that relationships are key to our well-being, our friendships. You know, how do you connect with your um, your family? So as a, you know, as a unit, how do you keep those bonds really strong? Because that's what carries you through some of those really challenging times. And so we were really thoughtful and deliberate about coming up with this framework to help parents kids and families have a way to think about their health and all of the content and activities that we develop on SpringSpot um, support one of these pillars. So I love the simplicity of the phrase. It's very easy to remember. Um, but what I, where my mind goes to is we were both blessed to go to school with some very intelligent, you know, now very high powered people in the world. And a lot of what you're describing is, in my opinion, it's packaged in a really nice way, but it's sort of intuitive. You kind of know you should be doing these things. But then the question comes up for high powered executives, people who are both two working parents with not just, you know, standard jobs, but demanding jobs. You know, we know what we need to do, but how do you have the discipline to do it? Because, you know, at the end of the day, and I don't even have children yet, but, you know, I know it would be better if I did that yoga class, but really what I want to do is sit down and have a glass of wine and enjoy something on Netflix. And so I think about that even in a more extreme way when you're talking about parents coming home and they just want 
20 minutes to eat a quiet dinner. They know their kids shouldn't be on the screen, but that's the, the easiest solution. So how do you think about this framework when it applies to folks like that? And absolutely, that's really the key, right? So there's a, a gap between knowledge and knowing what to do and actually doing it. And so SpringSpot, we really want to help bridge that gap. So it really comes down to habits and choices. And a lot of what happens, you know, with anything that you do, you know, as a gymnast, as I was growing up, my coach, it was through repetition. I had to do my routines. You know, I'm actually having my son do this when I'll never forget when I was, um, 10 or 11, we had to do this training where we had to stick 15 beam routines in a row. And I'll tell you so many times I got to routine 14 and then I fell and it started all over again. And it was frustrating and it's hard, but it's really something that's important that you kind of have to commit to wanting to make those habits and those changes in your life. And they don't have to be big changes. So for example, if, you know, um, sleep, that's one of the biggest areas that I think yes. people struggle with is how do you go to bed earlier so that you can feel fresh in the morning because of these high powered jobs and roles and, you know, um, the different time zones where people are working in different locations. And so sometimes it's just having the discipline or setting up tools that can help you help yourself. And that is really reinforced and made simpler when you turn it into a habit. And so we've just launched our, our mobile app on SpringSpot. And so we help guide you through those steps. So when you have a program where you need to get food on the table or you want to find alternative ideas to entertain the kids that aren't necessarily just on the screen that can occupy them or, you know, giving you ideas and inspiration for alternatives. Because I think that's what it comes down to is that yeah. when we grow up, we didn't have a curriculum. You know, when we went to school, we went to college, we didn't really have education of like how to parent in a digital age. And so now, you know, just like teachers in the school, they're having to learn how do you teach kids who've gone through like two, three years of this pandemic, how to interact with people together and have friendships and not have enough sleep. And so all of these factors combined make it challenging. But I think the key to your point is you can't be perfect all the time, but as long as you try to be consistent. So I like to tell, you know, families and parents that we work with that, as long as you try to make small steps of progress every single day, that's what's going to make the difference. And so if you do some of these habits, you just, you do it one day, you do it two days. And then after you start doing for a week, for four weeks, it becomes automatic. And so that's really what the, the, the task is that we have to do is that once you create a space and a time for when you can do something, that actually enables you to stick with it. And so if you, at the end of the day, you know, it's sometimes it's just eating certain foods. So you don't have glucose spikes throughout the day. So you have more energy. And so it's some of those choices that they can actually, cause it's really about energy balance. If you think about it, like you want to figure out how, you know, for one of the biggest things, um, you know, for your listeners, is they did a study actually um, about the obesity epidemic in America. And they found that two of the key indicators of what has led to the obesity epidemic are two main things, two main factors. The first was the consumption of um, sugar-sweetened beverages. And what they found is that a lot of people don't recognize that a lot of these calories and foods that we, or the beverages that you drink have added sugar. And so the challenge with that is when you eat a lot of sugar, you get sugar spikes, 
But the other issue is that when you eat more sugar and drink more sugar, you become more addicted to it. And so like other substances, you can lead to these addictions and then it changes your taste buds. And so when you drink more and more sweetened beverages that are artificially sweetened, your palate needs more of it to get the same flavor. And so you have to eat more and more sugar to get that same experience. And so what happens with kids is when they eat a lot of really sugary foods, they get huge spikes and then it impacts their ability to sleep and to calm down. And it changes, makes other physiological changes in their bodies. And so some of these changes can help give you more energy. And then the other part is um, ultra processed foods. And these ultra processed foods come in the form of, you know, obviously in the, the modern life, there were, you know, manufacturing progress that was made on having more shelf stable foods that can be, you know, um, edible longer, but it's not quite the same as like a whole food that you eat, whether that it grows from the ground. And, you know, part of it is also teaching people how to make more home cooked meals so that it becomes a, a joy that you eat together. You know, that's one of the key things. So one of the things we, we um, tell our families is that the family meal is really important, whether it's with your direct family or friends or anybody, having that touch point at least once a day is, is critical. You know, seven out of 10 families in America exactly don't regularly eat family meals together. And so we have this program like Introduction to Healthy Family Meals. How do you get the meals on the table and how do you incorporate kids in that process? And importantly, how do you help them build that habit so that they, when they grow up, it's already a habit that's automatic so it doesn't become challenging. They know how to do it. So it's really about understanding what should be on the plate, how to go to the grocery store, look for foods, making that connection again, right? With services like DoorDash or, and not to cite them, they provide a lot of convenience, you know, when we couldn't go out during the pandemic and seniors and other people who are not able to get food, it's a very valuable service. But when you depend too much on it and it leaves you to forget that you actually are capable of making your own home cooked meals, that there's something you break bread together and eat together. So it hopefully that kind of helps that it's just step-by-step step learning these habits because, you know, when we were in business school, I was the worst. I'm still a, a work in progress on cooking at home. Luckily, I have a, a partner who's able to, he loves cooking and he, he's French and he grew up with a, a mother who was a, a French cook and she just was really good at it. So he learned through habits over time. So it's easier for him and I'm learning myself. So you can always learn new things as you get older and older. But um, sometimes it's just a simple thing, you know, like one of the habits that can change is instead of going on your computer, you turn, you know, go straight instead of left. Um, instead of going to the cabinet where you have the the sweets or whatever, go somewhere else. It's just these small micro little changes can actually help those habits become more sticky. You know, I love your comments. And I think in certain areas, I can completely see what you're saying. I remember us having a conversation at reunion about sleep hygiene. And it's, to your point, it's making a few small changes. It doesn't have to be don't look at your phones for three hours before bedtime, but it's don't keep the phone turned to you. Don't jump to it first thing in the morning. Try to keep the light away from your eyes. I mean, those seem like doable things. The same way, putting more of an emphasis on eating healthier foods, that doesn't cost you more time. The one that I want to explore a little bit with you, because I'm struck that it's one of your pillars. I've read a lot of books about creativity and how our educational system and even just the way modern parents, and we're really talking about very well-educated people, frankly, with discretionary income live when we think about 
the the focus on achievement. Um, I you know I come back to seeing kids as early, and I don't remember this from growing up. You know, second, third, fourth, fifth grade sports. Now having not just your school team, but town teams and travel teams, and weekends being booked with multiple activities, and and where I see some where I see sort of a deficit is this idea of arts, dance, creativity, because. To me, for a lot of parents in the modern world who are thinking about how do I get my kids into the best schools, it's all about how do I get them honed in a particular area. And so unless they're a gifted artist and that's gonna be the way they think about getting into college, it can feel a little like a little too fluffy. And so I'm curious what the reaction has been with parents around that particular area. Cause I do think it's so necessary and all these studies are coming out saying, Creativity is what can determine so much success later. It just feels deprioritized by our educational system and our value system, frankly. It's true. And it's, you know, one of the, and, and you know, when we were in graduate school, we would go to live shows. It, 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 you know, it fuels the soul when you're able to find and you see people performing at their craft. It's amazing. And really this pillar, art and creation, is really about, it serves kind of two purposes. One, it's actually very um, practical. So we have actually found that art and creation can be a path for um, helping a child calm down. So just mm -hmm. being able to draw and sit down for you know, 10, 15 minutes, drawing something, expressing their emotions, painting, it's a very calming kind of activity. Um, it's something that can be done anywhere, anytime. You don't need a lot of materials and yet you know, I didn't. I I didn't grow up with painters. As parents, they had other uh, careers that um, they continued and flourished, and that I benefited from. But it's it's there's so many tools available now that allow you to, you know, develop that inner artist. And whether you become a Picasso or you know another famous artist, it's just another tool in your toolkit to being healthy. And I think as parents um, on this podcast, thinking about art and creation less as a means to an end, but as a, a part of a joy of the process. And so mm. whether it's developing um, an interest in art, whether it's drawing or even just music. So being able to create music, there's something special. Music actually is really incredible. Um, there's so many studies that show that when you learn music earlier on, it actually develops the connections in your brain much faster so that you will learn faster. It's kind of like um, mental gymnastics where when you have to learn, it's like a new language where you have to learn this theory and how to translate that music into the sounds. And it just, it activates your brain in so many ways that it's so beneficial for your children to learn. And then it's a lifetime skill, you know, in the same way that movement, if you can learn to play tennis or you learn to go running, it's something you can enjoy late, much, much later in life. That music is another thing that you, you give the gift to your children that they can enjoy later with their kids. And so whether you become a, a, a professional musician or not, it really is a skill that can really give kids and adults even that channel for expression. And it's an outlet that you can have that you otherwise might not. And so that's why we included this pillar, because I think to your point, it has been forgotten. And a lot of programs, they, they don't put as much emphasis on it, but I really do think it, um, it equally does benefit. And I've actually seen positive changes, you know, when kids listen to great music and it can even come down to music you listen into the car. There's a lot of, if you look at music that's been playing today, mm -hmm. 
the beats per minute of songs have drastically increased. So you look, listen to the music that's played, it's super, super fast. And our brainwaves can't process it, you know, like you can listen to a song at like 120 beats per minute. And the, you know, they're regularly played on the radio. And so sometimes listening to classical music or more relaxed, slower songs can actually help you enjoy and unwind just because the, the speed of the music is slower. And so finding ways of infusing music can come in different ways, whether it's playing an instrument, singing a song, whether, you know, if you have a young child um, at night, singing to them at night, you benefit from that connection of just having something musical. So at night I sing to my daughter. I didn't have any formal music training, but I just love that connection of music with her. So yeah, I think there are plenty of ways to incorporate it into your life. And it's really more of a, a joy and it doesn't have to be thought of as a, a means to college admissions, but it's just something that will, you know, develop their children and it can turn into something that's a passion, but you just never know unless you expose your kids to them. I think you're right. And I think the question or the point around emotional regulation is so key. I mean, you know, we're in the mental health space. All we're seeing is very depressing statistics about rising rates of anxiety and depression among young children through, you know, pre-adolescent years. And so anything we can do that gives them a sense of, um, abilities to self-soothe and ideally ones that are not attached to iPads or screens, I think those are preferred. I think it, you know, not to say again, I'm not a big believer that screen time is awful, but I do think, you know, a lot of what you're describing to me is sort of back to basics parenting. It's sort of closer to the way I was raised, which is spend more time outdoors, play an instrument, eat a good meal with your family. And it's just interesting to see, we've had all these other advancements, but some of the big pillars are really kind of taking us back to where at least my mom, those are the kinds of values she tried to impart on my father, you know, years and years ago. Yeah, and you know that that emotional regulation that comes, I think a huge part of it that has changed is um, it's scheduling, right? So yeah. when you have kids that are in sports, um, I've got two boys and a daughter, and my oldest is in competitive basketball, and the trainings they have practice. Some of the facilities that are, uh, you know, depending on where you live, um, sometimes there's limited facilities, and so practice times sometimes don't even finish till like eight forty-five or nine p.m. So by the time you get home and kids have to do homework and eat, decompress, you know, I heard the other day of a high school student, a, a mother was telling me that her son is a senior in high school and he does basketball practice, you know, has a girlfriend. He doesn't go to bed till one in the morning. And that lack of sleep, Arden, over time has huge repercussions on um, their mental health. And it's sleep rest because the brain is, it's on all the time and it's not just yeah you know you need meditation sometimes you just need to you know remove devices before they go to bed um and doing these different things that actually help kids just go to sleep a little earlier because it's hard with devices like keeping it a sanctuary where they can sleep well and then the other key thing, like some of the emotional regulation, I mentioned that statistic about um, eating family meals together. That is crucial because when you eat together as a family, you actually can connect with your kids and listen to them. You know, we we're big on, um, if you look at some of the family connection activities we have in our mobile app, we actually have an activity called um, um, culture sharing a mealtime. And it's just like, 
question conversation starters of what you can talk with your kids about, you know, and at nighttime, I have now started a trend where we end up, you know, asking um, everyone around the table will share like, what was your highlight of the day? What are you looking forward to tomorrow? And everyone on the table goes around and gets to share and having those opportunities for kids to talk and share about their day. It's a good habit because when kids can talk about the small things, it's much easier for them to talk about the big things that they may not volunteer um, to you regularly. And so that's kind of, I think, when you talk about some of these mental um, health issues that a lot of our youth are experiencing today, it's just because, you know, there's so much, a certain amount of time in the day. And when parents have very high powered jobs, you know, prioritizing certain things that have a higher bang for the buck, if you will, those meal times are critical. And so when you can have those times to connect and really be present, like not having devices at the table, you know, waiting for an email to come in, like really looking at, your, at the eye, really asking questions, like tell me and just showing interest, like those kinds of things make a huge difference in a kid's life. And doing that consistently every day for, you know, even five days out of the week. If, if you can't do dinner together, you know, five days of the week, two is great, you know, it, two is better than nothing. And so really that's where we wanna give parents grace. It's hard being a parent, it, it really is. And so we have to realize that you were doing our best and, you know, kids, you know, they're resilient, but there are things that we can do to kind of um, help them along the way. And we just have to be very disciplined and, you know, set ourselves up to, to to do these types of things for themselves and for us, because family well-being is actually, it's not only about your child's well-being, but it's really about your own well-being and the whole family's well-being. And so that that matters as well, in addition to your child. I'm anticipating one of the questions of our clients, which is, you know, what do you do if the families around you don't abide by these pillars? Like I'm thinking you know, at, at so-and-so's house, they're allowed to have phones at the table. At so-and-so's house, they can watch TV. Do you have responses for that? Because I imagine that does pop up from time to time. It's a really good question, right? You know, in an ideal world, um, you set up your environment to be surrounded by people that will support you in your kind of healthy habits, right? But sometimes that can't always happen. But, you know, at the end, I think people are open to it. So I'll tell you, like the other day, um, I was having dinner with a, a group of, of friends and one of the parents was actually giving their child a phone while we we're going to the table. And we don't have in our family, in our household, and what we promote through, through Spring Spot is just not having devices when you're eating. Um, is we can you can give the tip of like, you know what? I learned this um, fact that actually when you watch devices while you're eating, your digestive system doesn't work properly. Because actually what happens when you eat um, humans have actually been developed to have what's called, you know, your fight or flight system. So before we would actually have to run from tigers, right? And so our fight or flight, our stress response would happen and say, okay, we need to get away from this because otherwise we're going to be dinner. And so everything else would shut down, including our digestive system. Any other system that would be needed to help us get away and escape and be safe would be left on. But in the modern day, we're not running from tigers and bears anymore, but we're running, we're having these digital devices that cause distractions. So when you eat a meal and you have a screen in front of you, whether it's a computer or your phone, you're scrolling through social media, you're checking your email, 
this is activating your sympathetic nervous system, which is telling your body, wait a second, this is a stressor. I need to shut down and only use the things that are important. And so what you'll find is if you regularly eat with a device in front of you, your body's not able to properly digest that food. Mm -hmm. And so over time, that can actually build up, you know, digestive issues. You can have bowel issues. It, and then when you can't digest properly, it affects your mood. And so all these different things can happen. So you can, you know, if you're with other people and they have devices at the meal, you can share a tidbit like that. And they're like, oh, I, I didn't know that. So it's less about a direct thing about the parenting style or whatnot or it's just giving an alternative. It's like, oh, why don't you get off the device? Let's go play, I wanna hear about it. You can find other ways of getting them to tactfully put the device down. And it's just kind of coming up with, and the more you do it, the more, you know, the easier it becomes. And sure. as you go over, and you, and with kids, if they're talking with each other and they're talking about their day or, you know, they, maybe play a board game or maybe, you know, having other things around the house that they can do besides just being on screens, which aren't necessarily bad. If they're playing, you know, NBA 2K sure. on their, you know, PS2 and they're interacting with each other, that's actually, you know, they're socializing, you know, even through a screen, but at least they're interacting and it's not just one screen and four people are having to look over the shoulder and they're not interacting. There's, there's beneficial screen time, right? And so when you're in a situation where you're with a family that may not, you know, espouse or adopt all the habits, like think of it as an opportunity to, you know, introduce something to them and, you know, make it a, a productive thing and you can share it in other ways. So the, it's, it's a work in progress and you just have to adapt based on like who you're with. But I think people prefer it once they learn that, oh, actually that was really pleasant. No device at the table. We just talked more. And then that is a positive, you know, snowball effect of like, oh, we could do, I, I've seen families where they change it. They're like, oh, I didn't know we could do that. And then once you do it once, you do it again, and then it becomes a habit. And then you forget that, you know, two months ago that used to have, you know, screens at the table and now they're not. And, you know, you can be that, that um, positive light that shares it. So it's kind of an opportunity to, to make those around you also kind of benefit from that as well. It's an excellent tip. Well, is there anything to close out the podcast? First of all, I just want to say congratulations for starting a company that is so needed. I just think about the amount of people for whom these, what seem like smaller issues, but really determine sort of family well-being in general, struggle to find resources and education. So I think it's great. I think you're doing important work. Anything I haven't asked or any last tidbit that you want to leave with families before we close out today's podcast? I mean, the key thing is, I think for um, families, it's just remembering some of those things, you know, you know, eat the right foods, move your body, sleep enough, and talk to each other. And I know those sound simple, but just remembering, you know, remembering the, the frames framework. Um, and then if you, you know, you check out SpringSpot and you want to, we do have memberships um, at SpringSpot that allow you to have access to all these on-demand activities. Um, you go onto our plans page, we show all the different memberships that we have offered. Um, and we now have released our mobile app. And so now um, you can 
access all this wellness at your fingertips. Um, and we do host like live events where we are doing um, camps also for kids in person if you are in the Bay Area. But if you're not, all of this content can be accessed um, online um, and through our mobile app. And the great thing is that we've offered now um, a way to reward kids. So they earn what are called bolts. And so when they complete healthy activities, they can redeem those bolts um, for rewards. And so I just encourage you know parents that are listening in, um, you can do this. Um, we would love to, a spring spot, be your guide and to um, help you on your journey because family well-being, it's possible and it's great. And having gone through it myself and you know adopting a lot of the practices, it works. And so I just encourage everyone to you know take what works, leave what doesn't. And um, just know that, you know, your family is, is looking to you and spending time together. There's no better way to do it together. So. Thank you. Thank you, Sheree. Thank you for being a great guest. And thanks to all our listeners and our viewers. If you're so inclined, please give us a positive review for Beyond the Balance Sheet podcast on your platform of choice. And we will see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Balance Sheet a podcast designed to help advisors, clinical professionals, and affluent families solve some of their biggest medical, psychiatric, and emotional challenges. Visit beyondthebalancesheet.com to read more about our guests and resources and sign up for our newsletter.